Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You're listening to KCBS In-Depth. Really, in order to find quality care, you often have to be on a wait list that's months long. The people, places, and issues the Bay Area is talking about. The aggressive advocates who were looking to overrule Roe for so long, they really had no idea of the consequences they might be opening up. In this case, there very well may be charges that are appropriate. For example, trying to obstruct an official proceeding of Congress, right? That is unlawful. This is KCBS In-Depth. This week on KCBS, we've put the focus on mental health as part of Odyssey's I'm Listening, bringing to light conversations about the mental health struggles many of us face and breaking down the stigma that can come with those challenges, because talk saves lives. Welcome to KCBS In-Depth, broadcasting throughout the Bay Area and streaming on the Odyssey app. I'm Mary Hughes. On this In-Depth, we're going to hear part one of KCBS's I'm Listening Hour, starting with my conversation with Kim Artman, co-chair of this year's American Foundation Suicide Prevention South Bay Out of the Darkness Community Walk. Kim, thank you so much for joining me in this conversation. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of this conversation, Mary. really appreciate the opportunity. Um, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention has been around since 1987. It is a national organization and it does, uh, it is here. The mission actually states to save lives and bring hope to those affected by suicide. Um, many of us have been affected by suicide in some way, shape or form. I myself lost a friend the first time I was affected when I was 19 years old, I lost my friend Jan to suicide. And um, as you can imagine, as a 19 year old, um, not having the, I don't know if maturity is the right word um, to process those emotions or even understand what that meant that she died by suicide. Um, really had no idea that she was having mental health challenges. Um, so it, it really came as a complete shock to me. And I had just spent an evening with her four days prior to that. So, um, it was a complete shock and it took me a lot of years to process those emotions and, um, be able to talk about it without tearing up or, or, or crying. 
I came to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention when I reconnected with an old high school friend, James Purvis. He uh, had informed me that this is one of the things that he was doing. It was his passion. And this was, I think, in 2018. So we're talking from 1983 to 2018, trying to find a place to process the emotions of, of um, Jan's death. A uh, lot of years, a lot of years. Um, and so I just said to James, well, how do I, how, I would love to become involved. And so that was my first experience with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, South Bay. The South Bay chapter, the walk really creates that safe space to create that community, as you mentioned earlier, for those who have been impacted by suicide. It creates that safe space to know, A, you're not alone. Um, B, you can talk about it and it's okay to talk about it. Um, a lot of times it brings healing to a lot of people who have um, lost loved ones to suicide or who they themselves may be survivors um, from attempts or they're in the midst of their own mental health challenge. Well, and I, you mentioning, you know, what the space that is created by this um, organization, what that can give to people. And I, and I think in particular, I zero in on, on the conversations that can be had because, you know, these are difficult conversations to start and to have, but opening up that dialogue can be so important. It can bring solace. It can, uh, it can bring strength to people who are needing it. And it can sometimes save lives when we're able to share our own struggles and as you've been speaking about for you and, and so many others who've been affected by suicide and who have found that place with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, it, it can help deal with that grief and loss that, that hits so close to home. Yes, absolutely. You are spot on when you talk about all of that. In fact, one of the phrases that we have in the AFSP is talk saves lives. To start Preventing suicide is talking about it. Um, the other thing that we uh, at the AFSP are trying to do is to lose that stigma so that people do talk about it. For years, our society has created this stigma that mental health means you're crazy, something's wrong with you. And that's not that's not the case. That's not the case. Um, sometimes people have things happen in their life. I myself have have battled severe depression, and for me, it was situational. And so, talking about it um, was very helpful for me. I mean, I can only speak from my own experience. But again, the AFSP does say talk saves lives. Um, so yes, creating that space and taking that first step. And if that's what we can do in the South Bay with our community walk, then we are doing well. We are taking a step in the right direction and helping those or supporting those who are in that battle, in that midst. Well, and, you know, making it kind of literal with doing an actual walk, you're, you're taking a step, obviously, mentally and emotionally, but but you're taking that physical step. And um, I'm someone who is familiar with um, therapy and and speaking with someone about what's going on in my life. And 
one of the the big things that helped me, especially when I was younger, was channeling some of that into a physical act. Um, and it helped me with myself. And I, I do, you know, I have to think that there's something similar in there with having these community walks because you're not just bringing people together, but you're you're sort of channeling all of your energy into this movement. Is that part of what the, the walks can give or what can you tell me about them uh, specifically? Well, I think, again, the walks does exactly what you said. It, it helps those take that first step for some who maybe have never taken that first step. It provides a place of support for those who have been affected by suicide, no matter what that looks like, whether they've made an attempt and have survived, whether they've lost a loved one, a friend, whatever that might be. Um, It creates connection. It creates community. Um, One of the other things that I wanted to mention is we do have a bead ceremony and we have red, green, blue, yellow, gold, white, silver, um, and what each one of those colors represents um, the impact on that individual's life. So for myself, I wear blue because I support the cause. I wear silver because I've lost a few other people since my friend Jan. I lost a family member who was military. So silver is military first responder. Um, I also wear the color that represents the loss of a friend or relative. Um, I also wear green because I've had my own challenges um, with mental health. So when we are doing our honor beads ceremony, we can look out across the field, if you will, and I can see the color of beads that other people are wearing. And I know I'm not alone in my impact or the effect that it has on me or with the challenges um, that I have been affected with or by, whether it's my own battle or losing friends and family members to suicide. It's, it's, and that's another thing that we always say in the AFSP is you are not alone. We also have on site um, a tree of hope and there people can help process their grief. They can write messages to their loved ones and tape them to the tree of hope. Sometimes it's pictures and we will provide things that people can write on and tape to tape it onto the tree of hope. It's such a a beautiful thing to be able to do. And, and I, I would believe hold a lot of meaning for those who, who were able to, to, to leave a message like that, to, to be able to, in their own way, continue a, a form of communication there as a, as a path of, of healing and you know the, the ability to heal especially when you are around others who do understand what you're feeling or what you're going through that can be such a powerful moment and it can present moments where what you have gained can be passed on is this something that that you've experienced in your time uh with the american foundation for suicide prevention I have. I personally have experienced just having conversations. Um, I think every year I have conversations with people at the walk. I can say it helps me even in the healing of Jan, because that was a huge, such a huge impact for me. Um, I, I get, I'm teary eyed now just talking about it because 
when you connect with somebody who has lost, and as you said, you can understand it's more than just the empathy, which I definitely have that for all that have been affected by this. But to actually, even though I'm not walking in their shoes, I understand their journey. Their journey might be a little different than mine with their loss, but the emotions are so similar that, yeah, you know what? I get it. I lost my friend. So every time I do have that conversation with somebody, I think more healing comes to where I am now in the space that I don't cry like I used to when I speak of Jan's loss. Um, and I'm hoping that that's the case for others at the walk as well. Having those spaces and places and people who can provide that support and that experience of their own uh, can bring about so much change. And uh, this foundation is one of those uh, that is doing that for so many people. You, as you've mentioned, you've been a part of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention for a while now. And when you think about this organization, what are the the goals of this organization? One of the goals that the AFSP has is to reduce the suicide rate here in the U.S. by 20% by the year 2025. And we still have a lot of work to do. I did check with the CDC about the suicide statistics, and there has been an increase by 2.6% from 2021 to 2022. So I believe the pandemic probably had a lot to do with that. Um, Mental health challenges were definitely on the rise during that time. Um, We still have a lot of work to do, and I know it can be done. Um, Our little South Bay chapter has raised to date $623,000, and we've had over 5,450 participants. So if we continue in the upswing of that, not only are we spreading the word and losing the stigma of mental health challenges and suicide, we continue to raise money to continue to support more programs. The AFSP does have a lot of programs available for those that are in need, whether you've lost a loved one or you're battling, um, there's a lot of resources and those can be found at AFSP.org. Next up in this mental health conversation is Thomas Kingery, Program Director of the Avenidas Rainbow Collective, which specializes in providing community and engagement for older LGBTQ plus adults. Thomas, thanks for joining me. Well, thank you for having me, Mary. I'm I'm glad to be here. So before we get too deep into the conversation here, tell us a little bit about what Avenidas, and in particular, the Rainbow Collective, does. Yeah, so Avenidas is a nonprofit organization located in Palo Alto. We've been there for just over 50 years. Um, And Avenidas, which is a senior enrichment center, um, where our purpose or our goal is to enrich the health and well-being and, and lives of the older adults in our community. And, and we do that by offering various programs and services. We're actually contracted with the city of Palo Alto to be the senior center for Palo Alto, but we we extend beyond Palo Alto. Some of the services and um, programs that we offer are 
you know, some of the typical things you might see at a senior center, some art classes, music classes, exercise classes, and the like. But we also offer things beyond um, the walls of Avenidas. We have a lot of like hiking groups for older adults to participate in. And we also offer programs um, that are more more geared towards certain populations in the community that might be further isolated beyond just being an older adult, which isolation is a big issue in the older adult community and more so in the LGBTQ community. I started a, the program called the Avenidas Rainbow Collective about four years ago, just as the pandemic hit us, we actually started a little pilot program before the pandemic in 2019, the summer of 2019, where it just started as a, a potluck opportunity in our cafe for people to come in once a month. But then it's grown over, over the years to where now we offer um, social services such as case management, transportation assistance. We offer opportunities for social engagement um, through our social groups, our education uh, like we have a tech class. And then we also offer outings as well. Um, we have a walking group that meets monthly that is very popular. And then we also have online groups as well for those folks who can't get out of the house for whatever reason might be mobility issues. So we really try and reach out to the LGBTQ older adult community. It does sound like um, there's a, a lot of coverage for what Avenidas does and, and in particular, you're the one who formed the the Rainbow Collective, and one thing that you you mentioned uh, when it comes to the older people in our lives and the older population is, you know, the sense of isolation that can be felt. And I, I do think that a lot of our conversations that we have when we are talking about mental well being is we don't tend to focus that much on the older population. And, you know, obviously it can be widespread to any group of older people who might be dealing with struggles and, and challenges, but this can be especially a difficult time for those in the LGBTQ plus world. So in the work that you've done and then the people that you've gotten to know, you know, what are some of the mental health struggles that older LGBTQ plus people tend to face? You're absolutely right. Isolation is such a huge issue um, for all older adults, but specifically for LGBTQ older adults. And that's, I think that's because, you know, especially the older adults, their life experience has been of rejection, of um, being discriminated against. There was a time when being being gay was a crime and or considered a mental health issue, right? So the older adults, they not only now today, are not only isolated because they're not going to work anymore or because they're, they they might have some mobility issues and so they can't get out and socialize, but they're, they're isolated because they feel isolated from society. They don't feel part of it because their whole life they've been told they're not part of it, right? Even though we've made great strides in uh, LGBTQ um, acceptance in our, in our society, we still have a lot of work to do, obviously, but we have made some great strides that I think that the younger folks in the community are enjoying. You know, they, they're able to get married, um, they're able to have children and create families. The older adults in the community, they didn't really have those opportunities. And so they're they're having to age alone without the support of a, a spouse or uh, extended family members or, or, or children for that matter. And um, I think that's a major contributing factor to the isolation that LGBTQ older adults experience. So with all that you you just said there about what older LGBTQ plus people are feeling 
and experiencing and, and perhaps carrying with them when they come to the Rainbow Collective, you know, what are they seeking out there? What have you heard from the people there or what have you seen as far as connections being able to be made within the Rainbow Collective? Like I mentioned, the, the, the walking group is a great example of, of an opportunity for older adults to uh, stop that cycle of isolation. So, uh, And they, they, they come to us for various reasons. We've had um, members who, who did have a partner, right? And, um, and, but that partner passed away. And so now they're, they're completely alone. You know, their, their partner was their complete world. Some of these people that we've, we've met, they're still sort of like in the closet um, as far as like they had their partner and they had their little bubble where they were happy and stuff like that, but they, they, they kept to themselves. So when that partner passed away, they, they're like, okay, what do I do now? I never really invested in any other relationships beyond my, my bubble here. So what do I do now? So they, they come to us to try and break that, the isolation and, and put themselves out there to our opportunities to form new healthy relationships are, are there. We've had participants who, you know, the, the isolation is so great that they, you know, they become severely depressed and even suicidal. So in a scenario like that, where depression and suicidal thoughts are occurring, what does the Avenidas do in those situations? Those folks we, we tend to recommend to enroll and participate in our case management program, where we connect them with a social worker to sort of really dive deeper into their world and find other opportunities, whether it be connection to family members, you know, give it, helping them, supporting them to reach out to family members who they might've thought don't care about them. But I'm glad to report we, we reach out and we find out that they do care about them. So it, it really depends on the level of where the people are at. We try to meet them where they're at with our programs and services. There's various reasons why, why they come to us. Yeah, I was just thinking there, you know, so much of the experiences in the LGBTQ world, and and this can go for for people young and old, obviously, um, is the fact that there are times, of course, when family isn't a place of support, and it becomes found family that you you end up turning to. And so I, I do think that having spaces like this, like the Rainbow Collective, is so important because it's a way of creating that community. Absolutely. And and I'm pleased to report that, that I've seen that with my own eyes where um, people have come and joined us who were, who didn't have e- either real family or chosen family. Um, they, they were completely aging alone. And then they come and join our groups and meet, meet people. And I know for a fact that they created healthy relationships uh, with each other beyond the Avenida's programs. They, uh, you know, they'll go have dinner together. They go, go to the movies together. And, you know, that's the the one of the reasons why I started this program was because you know some people they 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 just don't even have that chosen family or or the real family and so what do we do we well we have to create opportunities for them to meet new people to develop these healthy relationships to perhaps create their chosen families now because it's never too late to find that um, in the world and that's what we do we try and get people out of their 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 bubbles and just uh, engage. You bring up something that I that I do think is important. I, I and I do think it sometimes can be very specific for older people is a lack of engagement. And so, you know, from your perspective, are we doing enough to support and engage our LGBTQ plus elders? And, you know, what more can be done? You know, what would 
full-on engagement and support look like to you when it comes to making sure that they aren't feeling isolated, that they're not getting depressed, that that they are able to find people who, who understand them and, and care and want to form connections yeah. with them? Yeah, so I, I think what what we could do better as a greater community and society um, for the for the older adults and the LGBTQ community is to just really like all these spaces that other older adults might um, enjoy attending, like the senior centers in the community. Um, you know, we're not in an LGBTQ community center. We are a center that serves all older adults. It took a while for our participants to realize that they were welcome here. We had some physical cues throughout our, our center signage that says you know that we're lgbtq friendly and we encourage all our staff to use pronouns on their emails we created a programming that would that are focused on the lgbtq community so that they see in the newsletters and they see images on our flyers that represent them you know you have to remember that lgbtq older adults like i said before they have been told their entire life they're not welcome they're not wanted and it's hard to change that belief. I use this analogy often, but I, it's not mine. I, I can't take credit for it. LGBTQ older adults are like that elephant that you see at the circus. That elephant that is chained to a little stake in the ground at the circus, you and I know that that elephant could break that chain and pull that stake out of the ground and, and escape and walk away. But when it was a baby elephant, and that's when they put that chain on there, it tried to be free, but they couldn't break the chain. And so they learn their entire life that that train is unbreakable. So even when we're at a time now where there is more, some people might say, of course, LGBTQ people are welcome here. Of course they are. Well, it's not, of course, with the older adults. We need to make more effort at all senior centers, all community centers that welcome older adults and have programming and services that are attractive to older adults. Make it known that LGBTQ folks are welcome there too and train your staff to engage with them in a respectful and affirming way. I think that's what we can do better is quit relying on the LGBTQ community centers to support the older adults and LGBTQ community. It's they're part of the greater community too. I think that's, you know, something that we are learning as we hear more and more stories uh, of people who who are needing support, who are feeling isolated, who are going through struggles or or personal hurdles or grief or loss. You know, so many things. Mm -hmm. The conversations that are opening up now is that and as as I said at the top there, that this acknowledgement that everyone needs to be able to find a safe space, right? Yes. To, to be yes. able to have these conversations, to share what they're going through, mm -hmm. and and to hopefully find others who, who can share in that with them. And just to kind of wrap things up a little bit with you, Thomas, what's your message to our older LGBTQ plus people if they are in a time of of struggling, if they are looking for somewhere where they can find support, you know, what's your message to them? Reach out to us. We're here for you. Um, you're not alone. We understand what you've gone through and we see you. And so come come see us. If you're not in our area, I, I recommend reaching out to your behavioral health department at, at your county. But just advocating too for more services for older adults in a community that might not have them would be helpful. But um, try and find connection, folks, Old, you, you folks out there that are feeling isolated. 
I, I know it's scary, but it's worth the effort. You can find this episode and past episodes of In-Depth online at kcbsradio.com. Just check the podcast tab and look for KCBS In-Depth. You can also hear the episodes on the Odyssey app. Download the app on your smartphone and favorite KCBS radio. Thanks for listening. For KCBS and In-Depth, I'm Mary Hughes. You've been listening to KCBS In-Depth. Get every episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Visit kcbsradio.com for more news and interviews. We are the Bay Area's news station, KCBS. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.